When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And good day, everybody. Welcome in to episode 136 of the Talking Friars podcast, Talking Friars YouTube show. Your host, Ben Fadden here. I appreciate everyone for hopping on in here to the live YouTube show or watching on replay on YouTube. Again, Talking Friars YouTube channel. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to get those numbers up. I really appreciate everyone who's tuning in, whether that's here on YouTube, whether that's podcast version, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Megaphone, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, you can find the Talking Friars podcast on there. Again, Ben Fadden, your host. This episode sponsored by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs located at Petco Park during the season, uh, the third deck, down the third baseline, uh, field level, they have a garlic fry stand uh, behind the plate. So, Hit that you can go there uh, to get your cheesesteaks and garlic fries. And then they also have two shops in Point Loma, in Sports Arena. Uh, so make sure you can go to gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu uh, and the phone numbers, the location, the addresses, all of that. Uh, so hit them up there. That's a sponsor of this episode, Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs. So as you can see down in there in the ticker for anyone watching on YouTube, a lot to talk about today. Uh, Manny Machado update. Uh, he had back tightness. He missed today's game against the Guardians, Cleveland Guardians. That's still a little weird to say, the Guardians, not the Indians. Uh, so he missed today's game. He missed yesterday's game. But there was an update, uh, a pretty good update on him. Uh, Drew Pomeranz, there's an update on him. Jose Castillo, there's an update on him. Uh, an update on how you Darvish did today for anyone that didn't watch that or listen to it on the radio. Uh, and an update on how that relationship's going right now between Austin Nola and you Darvish, at least how that's playing on the field, uh, because Victor Caratini did not catch him today. Caratini caught yesterday, and with now Nola catching Darvish today, it seems like the Padres are really committing to, hey, we're going to go with the best guy catching there. You know, Darvish, you're just going to have to grow up here a little bit uh, and just pitch to the guy that we put out there, uh, because... Look, even if we have Caratini on the roster, Caratini might get hurt sometimes. And Or, if he's not hurt, we're in the prime window of contention right now. We're trying to win here. So we're going to put out the best offensive catcher and someone who is still you know, pretty good defensively as well in Austin Nola. And so a lot to talk about. Uh, and so let's get right to it uh, with an update for from Kevin Acey on Saturday after I uh, went live for episode 135. This is episode 136. Uh, Blake Snell threw yesterday. He threw some change-ups to a lefty in that sim game that I talked about yesterday. He said it was the first time in his life that he threw change-ups. I don't know if I really believe that, but I guess that was his first time. Or change-ups to lefties, I want to clarify. Uh, that he threw some change-ups to, I think, Trent Grisham. Uh, Snell is expected to make his Cactus League debut on Thursday. Uh, and is at least one inning behind other starters. A.J. Caswell said yesterday, as I said on this show, that it seems like Snell's going to be in the four to five inning range. So that's pretty expected. You know, he was behind and he's, you know, saying that he feels good. His body feels good. His body's where he needs to be. He's not going to rush it. He's just going to go along however, uh, you know, his body feels. And that's what he's going to start out during the season. And you'd think that there'd be some piggyback situation with the 28-man rosters. You'd think that Darvish will be good, and we have an update on him, how he threw today. 
you think Musgrove would be good. Clevenger seems pretty good, but they might even do a piggyback with him. And with 28-man rosters, maybe you have – so Paddock or Martinez, I would think one of those guys will get the five spot. You would it's still lean towards Gore not starting the season with the team. Uh, and then you have Weathers maybe be a piggyback as well. He can do that. Stammen can do that. Chris Mack can do that. Paddock can do that. Martinez can do that. One of those two that don't make uh, you know, that fifth starter, that don't win that fifth starter job. By the way, Greg asked in the chat, did C.J. Abrams play today? Yes, he did. Went 0 for 1. Came in a little bit uh, after some of the starters. Uh, Kim got the start at shortstop. He actually has a higher average right now. I just checked before going live here. Actually has a higher average than C.J. does in spring training so far. Uh, but yeah, Kim started today at shortstop against the Guardians. Uh, so that was kind of the Blake Snell update. Drew Pomerantz uh, likely will not begin a rehab assignment until May. He has not thrown off a mound yet. I, I said that, I think, a, a week ago, somewhere around there, that he hadn't thrown off a mound yet. But it's news that, at least to me, that he won't begin a rehab assignment until May. Uh, so that's not great news. Had the flexor tendon, uh, what was that, the, the surgery, the injury uh, last year. Late, uh, I think it was in August last year. Uh, and then as in, for another reliever, Jose Castillo throwing to hitters next week. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. So there's relievers that are coming off surgeries all over the place here. Um, and with Drew Pomerantz, I mean, you kind of it, it's with it's kind of like Jose Castillo for me. Like you can't really trust him. Um, you know, you know that the talent's there, but until he can stay healthy, you can't trust him to give you innings and really be, you know, at the back end of that bullpen and really, you know, be a trustable arm, you know, kind of like last year how, or how the last few years, how Craig Stammen has been. Now he's pretty re relatively stayed healthy. Um, who's some other guys? Like Austin Adams stayed relatively healthy last year. I know he hit, he hit a bunch of guys, but he was pretty good last year. Um, when you just look at the numbers, um, you know, he was striking out a lot of guys. But so in terms of the comparison between those couple guys like that and Chris Matt as well, you could throw him in in that group and compare those guys to like Jose Castillo or Drew Pomerantz. You can't just, you just can't trust Pomerantz and Castillo. They're nowhere on that level. Just they can't stay healthy. So would it be great for them to make, you know, progress and come in healthy and obviously once they, you know, are healthy, pitching rehab games and all that, you're pitching off the mound, really pitching in actual, you know, big games like that, uh, in real competition, w would that be good for them to come in and help the big league team at some point this year? Of course it would. But you can't have confidence in those two guys just, just because they haven't had a track record of staying, you know, staying healthy. So... That's the latest on the bullpen, those injuries there. Uh, Jackson Merrill, Padres prospect. AC said that he's gained 15 pounds. Um, so he's gained 15 pounds. Yesterday, if you were watching in the spring training game, I think it was yesterday, uh, he definitely showed uh, some you – know, he, he's hanging in there, I'll say that. That's my point is he's really hanging in there against big league competition, and so – he could be used as trade bait. You know, when you look around the infield, you know, Jackson Merrill, he was a first-round pick, what, a couple years ago. Um, you know, with C.J. Abrams probably going to be up maybe even on opening day, definitely this year it seems like. Obviously, you have Tatis, you have Cronenworth, uh, you have Manny. The, it seems like the infield's pretty set, and so C.J. could always move to the outfield. You know, trades can happen, injuries can happen, a lot of things can happen, uh, but it seems like... Jackson Merrill would be more of like a trade candidate. Obviously, they're not going to give up on him right now. He's so young and he's gained 15 pounds and who knows what he does in the minors this season. But that's just, for me, that's just kind of where it seems like where they'd go with that. Just just in the sense that there's just too many guys right now. Um, in the future, you know, lining it up in terms of infielders, which is where Merrill plays. He plays shortstop, like how Abrams the position that Abrams played coming up. So it just seems like there's too many guys, uh, you know, when Merrill would come up for him to get significant playing time. So you would think that uh, he'd get dealt some time down the line. Maybe it's a few years from now. I don't know. But that's just my gut instinct. But he has gained 15 pounds. 
kind of, it seems like he was he's in the same boat as C.J. Abrams. Like the Padres just want him to get stronger um, and just keep developing, and then they'll see where it goes from there. But that's so that's a Jackson Merrill update. Again, uh, he's a, one of the best prospects in the Padres farm system. Uh, let's see, get through the chat here real quick before we move on to what happened in today's game and a Manny Machado update. Erie got me on the big screen. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hope you're enjoying this. I hope if you guys – do you guys enjoy this live stream that I'm doing? Uh, starting in the, at the beginning of April, look out for some better uh, graphics on these live streams. I hope that everyone's enjoying them and even those people that are watching on the you know replay the YouTube part. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying it. I'm trying to come on you know when I'm not working, come on as you know consistently as I can. And I definitely enjoy, you know, this fan interaction. And, again, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel, thumbs up, at Talking Friars on Twitter, at Talking Friars on Instagram. Just actually created a TikTok channel, uh, so at Talking Friars there as well. Um, just some clips there. Um, as for Steve's question in the chat, he asks, who's the opening day closer? We don't know that right now. Um, I actually can get in that right now a little bit. Austin Adams, he's not really a closer candidate, but he threw a scoreless inning today against the Guardians. Uh, Robert Suarez also threw a scoreless inning today. Stammen, Hill, uh, I think one other guy threw yesterday. Lamette threw yesterday, didn't do too well. Um, but, yeah, Robert Suarez, Pagan. I still want to say Luis Garcia, but it seems like it's just going to be Suarez and Pagan. Those two seem like, and then Lamette, those, those seem like the three like primary closer candidates. Um, so those are the three that I'd look out for. But it's just like the fifth starter, just like the backup catcher. That, that, although the backup catcher, to a degree, it seems like they're leaning towards uh, Jorge Alfaro, which we'll get to. Um, but those positions just have not been solved yet. So it's, it's just a wait and see, Steve. All right, so... Moving on to the Manny Machado update. Uh, before the game, it was, you know, the lineup came out, wasn't in it. So that's the second straight home game that he's missed. I say second straight home game. It's been back-to-back -back home games, but I'm saying second straight home game because Manny, I wouldn't expect him to travel on the road anyway. So let's say today was a road game, even though it wasn't, and he wasn't in the lineup, I wouldn't have thought too much of it. I still don't really think too much of it, but because it's a home game, Usually the bigger players, that's where that's when they play. They don't travel to the road games, especially if someone of Manny's stature and how experienced he is, and he's obviously on the roster, starting third baseman, probably the three-hole hitter. He doesn't need to travel the road games. He gets his work in on the backfield, and then he can just take it to the house, go golfing or whatever when the team's on the road. Um, but he did not play today. Bob Melvin said Saturday that, that the Padres are not worried that that back tightness will cause Manny to miss any time at the start of the season. Just precautionary. That's what Manny was telling uh, Annie Halbrun today. Um, according to Annie, according to AC, uh, Manny participated in fielding drills today. He was throwing a little bit. So, and then he's going to get a full day of treatment today. Um, so, that seems like he's going to be in the lineup the next home game, you, you would think, or he'll definitely get some more at-bats in at some point leading up to April 7th, that uh, opening day against the Diamondbacks in Arizona. So that's good news that he's participating, you know, uh, on the field. I know it's not in games, but it's not that big of a deal. You know, Manny Machado takes really good care of his body. I'm not it's, – it's nothing, for me at least, nothing I'd be worried about, nothing I don't think Padres fans should be worried about. Um, so that's the Manny update. Just relax, take a deep breath. You know, uh, Manny seems like he'll be fine. Uh, but moving on to today's game, Nola caught Darvish. Fernando Tatis Jr., by the way, he was in the dugout. Uh, saw him uh, sign some autographs as he was leaving in the middle of the game. Uh, had that cast on. So he was signing autographs. He was there. Uh, so it seems like he's in okay spirits. But... I did see him on the broadcast. Uh, but as for today, Austin Nola caught you, Darvish. And that's a big, uh, I think, development. Um, look, you, Darvish, obviously his personal catcher for a long time now has been Victor Caratini. He was, Caratini was Darvish's personal catcher back in Chicago when they were with the Cubs, and he had that great 2020 season. And he placed second in the Cy Young voting uh, behind 
uh, Trevor Bauer and Bauer was with the Reds then before he cashed in on that big, you know, free agent deal with the Dodgers, obviously. Um, but yeah, Caratini's been Darvish's personal catcher for a while now. And that's the guy. And it's not really something to be like mad at that Caratini was Darvish's personal catcher because of how many pitches Darvish has. Like, Darvish is not a regular pitcher. He doesn't have three or four or even five pitches. What I know, he knows he has as much as like 11 pitches. Um, so that can be hard for catchers jumping into a new team or something to say, hey, I'll just jump in and catch you Darvish with all these pitches and all these movement to his pitches. You want someone that's familiar to be catching him, not just for the catcher's sake of things and so there's less errors, but for Darvish's sake of things so he can have the confidence to throw to use all of those pitches uh, instead of picking and choosing between a few so that the catcher doesn't uh, have to remember all these things in such a you know uh, small period of time. But Nola did catch you Darvish today, and it seemed like they, they uh, looked pretty good. Caratini did catch yesterday, so that might be part of the reason why he didn't catch Darvish today as well, not catching back-to-back days in spring training. There's no reason to push that. But Nola, he looked pretty comfortable with Darvish. Uh, he had a strike him out, throw him out at one point, you know, with Austin Hedges, the Cleveland old Padre, the Cleveland Guardian catcher now. He struck out. I don't miss those, uh, you know, Austin Hedges strikeouts anymore. I really don't miss him at all. Um, but as for Darvish, he went 33 pitches in three innings, and then he threw a fourth inning, and so he ended with uh, 51 pitches, and from what Bally Sports was saying, he ended up going out to the bullpen and th- throwing more. I don't know if it was another inning or if it was just another couple of batters, or if they wanted him to get from 51 pitches to 60 pitches or whatever it was, but it looked like he went out and threw another maybe inning or something in the bullpen. Um, so it looks like he's pretty built up right now. So if he did throw another inning, then maybe he went five innings today, and he, but he only went four innings like actually in the game. Uh, So it looks like he's built up pretty good. You would think that he's going to be ready to go six or seven by April 7th or 8th, whenever whoever starts that opening day. You would think it's Darvish, but who knows? His next start, it seems like he's going to get one more start in spring training, which will probably be Friday or Saturday, this coming Friday or Saturday, just based on the every five-day or every six-day uh, stretch. If it's Friday and he goes opening day, I think that it would be on six days rest leading into that April 7th opening day start against the Diamondbacks in Arizona. So maybe that's what they do. Because if he goes April 8th and they have Musgrove go opening day, then what that means is he would have seven days of rest then. And so I don't know if they really want him to do that, if, if Darvish wants to have that many days rest. So I, I would expect them to still start opening day, and then so you'll have one more start this spring training. Um, and like I mentioned, Austin Adams, Robert Suarez, they both had one scoreless uh, inning of work today. I did want to mention before getting to that Victor Caratini thing, and I see that already coming on in the comments, that's the big topic for this episode. And I, have, I did a lot of research earlier this afternoon before the Padre game, and so we'll get into that. Uh, Cattell Marte with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I know some Padre fans on Twitter, they wanted him to be a Padre and thought that would be a good fit, and the Diamondbacks you know, aren't really in contention, so they deal him, but I never saw that as a real possibility because he's in the division, and the Diamondbacks would be stupid to want to trade him. He's their best player. He's an all-star player, um, and he's, he's versatile, can play the infield, can play the outfield, top of the order, bat. I, I just don't understand what the point would be in not extending him. And it seems like it's pretty team-friendly. Eduardo, uh, not Eduardo, Hector Gomez uh, is reporting shortly ago that he, he's agreeing to a five-year, $76 million extension with the Diamondbacks. So he has two years left, including this year, so 2022, 2023, and then he'd, that w- they'd add on three more years after that uh, to that extension. So it seems like in total, these next five years, including this year, $76 million dollars. That's according to Hector Gomez on Twitter, so we'll see if that actually is true. I, I haven't seen any of like the Jeff Passons of the world tweet that out, but 
We'll see if that ends up happening, but it does not look like Cattell Marte is even going to be a possibility to be a Padre. Um, so that's some news in the National League West. Now, let's get to some of these comments before getting into the development of Nola you know, catching Darvish. I just talked about how they looked pretty good together today and what that means for Victor Caratini. Obviously, Victor Caratini being Darvish's personal catcher the last few years. And, but with Nola catching him, that obviously spurns on that question of, okay, is Victor Caratini on the trade block now? They, they want Nola to be catching Darvish now uh, just to give him some more experience because that's what's going to happen during the season. It's going to be more of Austin Nola catching you, Darvish, than Caratini, whether that's because Caratini's not on the roster because he's traded or if they just want to go with the best catcher uh, instead of who's the best hitting catcher right now or the, just the best catcher in general instead of the whole personal catcher thing. Um, let's see here. Erie says in the comments, my only problem with Emilio Pagan being the closer is you don't get a promotion when you have a horrific second half like he did. I would rotate. My gut feeling is they'd rotate, but Bob Melvin likes having that firm ninth inning closer. And right now, Emilio Pagan seems like the likeliest guy. I, I agree with your point overall, Erie, saying – Pagan doesn't deserve to be to get that promotion when he had a bad second half. Uh, but it was really September that was really bad. And I broke that down earlier this week that you can go look up uh, in a clip on YouTube and at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but I think it's okay if he gets a, a promotion when the guy who was the closer isn't on the team anymore. So theoretic theoretically, everyone else just slides up and Pagan was pretty much that eighth inning guy so now he slides up to that ninth spot so hopefully you understand where the Padres would be coming from there and just the the logical uh just I guess conclusion that I would have with that uh she comments again or I don't know if it's a he or she Erie I think it's a she all of our catchers are doing decent right now in spring uh Bob Melvin has his hands full I think both, yeah, the catchers are doing well right now, and I think I mentioned on previous episodes, I would think that uh, Alfaro, Caratini, and Nola, they're probably going to start all three of them on the roster this season because of those 28 guys. I think you can use that extra roster spot to bring Caratini on the roster for his defense that first month and then see where it goes from there, who's hot, who's playing well. Maybe Nola gets hurt. Obviously, you don't want that to happen, but the fact of the matter is he's dealt with some injury issues. He dealt with injury issues last year, you know? So injuries might happen, and so they might not want to trade him, which we'll get into some trade fits in a little bit. They might not want to do that before the season gets underway because then maybe they'd be kind of, you know, biting themselves in the butt there. Greg comments, Nola and Alfaro should be our catchers. Those are the two that I'd put there right now. Uh, Nola, obviously... He's a pretty good defensive catcher. He, you know, he's smart, knows the pitching staff, commands the pitching staff. And Alfaro's actually looked pretty decent defensively behind the plate this spring. I get it, Ben. You can say, Ben, it's a small sample size, but that's what we have to go off of him in a Padre uniform and him dealing with the Padres pitchers. Erie asks, I know it's been back and forth with the sticky stuff. In your opinion, do you think you Darvish was using the sticky stuff? Yes, I, I think he was. I think uh, the injury, I don't know how much the injuries last year played into that, but since once the sticky stuff kind of got banned, it was like Garrett Cole, the stuff just wasn't there. It just wasn't as good. And you would think, you, you know, he had a great year, Cy Young caliber year in 2020. I know it's just a short season, but it's kind of, it, you, you just wonder. Was it was him using was he using that sticky stuff that year? Look, even without it, he's a great pitcher, and based on what we've seen in spring training, now that he's healthy, he's going to pitch really well for the Padres this year. I, I have no doubt about that. And he's adjusted. If he's used this, if he did use the sticky stuff, he's already adjusted to not having to use it. So, in terms of the future, I'm not worried about that. I think maybe he was just had to adjust from it, but. I do kind of think, I, I do tend to think that he was using it. And to be honest, I tend to believe that a lot of guys were using it. So, and I, I just think that guys have moved on and they, they're now going to be forced to adapt. 
really, that's that's where it is right now. All right, let's see here. Greg comments. I think the Chris Paddock experiment is over. I don't think the Padres think that. I think they're going to let Chris battle for that five spot with Nick Martinez. And if he continues to pitch well and Nick Martinez grabs the fifth spot, even if Paddock does pitch well, well, with Snell ramping up, Paddock can be a piggyback with Snell. I think I don't think they think that the Paddock experiment is over. I think it's not smart for them to give up on him, to give up on Mackenzie Gore. I don't think it's smart for them to do that, um, You know, especially when they haven't really had a, a big chance to work with Ruben Niebel yet. I, I, I just don't think that's really that smart. Steve Owen on this comment section here says, see the Preller interview with MLB Network Radio? Says we need Profar to be the 2020 Profar, not 2021. Well, that's obvious. That's Captain Obvious, yeah. Profar wasn't great last year. Was a zero-war player. 2020, um, he showed his versatility. Uh, and in 2020, I tend to believe, I know he played left field a little bit there at the end because I think Tommy got hurt with the hand injury, if I remember correctly. But Profar did play a lot of utility, and that's just where he's best. And it was a two-month season. Hosmer had his best season in a Padre uniform in 2020. It was two months, so you can't really take too much into that. But, yeah, if Profar can do that the whole year, I'll be happy, yeah. Greg says Pagan should be a fifth or sixth inning relief pitcher. I disagree with that. Okay, if he's going to be – look, in terms of fifth or sixth inning relief pitchers, one, if you're a Padre fan, you don't, you don't want that to be happening. You want Darvish to pitch through sixth and maybe through seven. You want Snell eventually this year to get through six. You want Musgrove to get through six. You want Martinez and Paddock maybe to piggyback at some point and maybe you get through six there. You don't want guys to be pitching in the fifth or sixth inning. And I think the Padres already know who their fifth or sixth inning relief pitchers will be. Chris Matt, Stammen, those type of guys would be the fifth or sixth inning guys. Pagan, for, yeah, I think Jason makes a good point here in the comments. Pagan has to be in the closer conversation. conversation. He is. I think that... You can't be in the closer competition with your name being involved there and then at the same time them saying, oh, he might be a fifth or sixth inning reliever. That's not the way it works. If he's not the closer, he'll be the eighth inning guy, in my thought, in my opinion. You know, that's a big stretch to say fifth or sixth inning relief pitcher. That's, that's not where he is. He's, he's seven, eight, nine. He's seventh inning at worst, I think. All right. Let's get to, okay, one more question here on YouTube. Where do you see Mike Clevenger fitting in? Four starter. He's looked pretty good. Threw on a backfield, uh, I think three shutout innings last time out. I'd expect him to make his Cactus League debut maybe this week. Uh, and then, and he'll, he's going to build up. I think, he's, I think he's in the boat between Darvish and Snell. Kind of like in between them. Snell's not ramped up yet too much. Well, Darvish is, and it seems like he's ahead of everyone else. I think Clevenger's in the middle there, and I think he's going to be the four starter. And if he stays healthy, he's a dark, dark horse Cy Young candidate, in my opinion, to be quite honest. All right, moving to the Victor Caratini situation. Uh, look, I mentioned this earlier. Austin Nola caught you Darvish today in the Cleveland Guardians Padres spring training exhibition game. Padres ended up winning that 5-1. to one. Myers and Cronenworth hit those home runs. Hey, I did want to talk about that real quick. Here is, before we get into that Caratini conversation, the two home runs were very positive, I think, for me. Uh, here's the Jake Cronenworth home run. He had not, his, his home runs career-wise in the big leagues, opening day through, you know, or not opening day, but when he made his first Major League appearance with the Padres when Osmer went down. You know, I think he got sick in 2020, made his debut. All these home runs later from 2020 till last year, he has not hit one opposite field home run in his big league career. Today, first inning against Zach Plesak, who got rocked today, 
Here he is, and he hits an opposite field home run. Middle, middle, takes it the opposite way, and it sneaks over the wall more than 385 feet, opposite field of where the Crone Zone is at Petco Park. Here it is again, middle, middle, opposite field, and that's, that's a very positive sign for me. Cronenworth, uh, he can go the opposite way, but he doesn't hit home runs the opposite way. You know, he does not hit home runs the opposite way. So maybe he's gotten stronger this offseason and maybe you see some more oppo tacos coming. And I think if that happens, the league really needs to work out, you know, look out. That's going to be a very scary sign for the rest of the league and a very positive sign for us Padre fans. Because if Jake starts going oppo on pitches and, you know, with the increased velocity nowadays in Major League Baseball, uh, I think that'll make him, even if it's not home runs, if it's doubles off the wall, stuff like that, doubles, you know, line drives into the gap, that's going to make him really, really deadly and just make him that much better. Here's the Will Myers home run that was back-to-back. I think it was the very next pitch Will Myers hits this one opposite field. So Cronenworth and Myers both were opposite field home runs today. When Myers is going best, you know, you look back a couple years ago, that opening day home run he hit against Mad Bum, when Mad Bum was uh, with the Giants, it was opposite field. And when he goes oppo, that's when he's working the best. And this home run here, middle, middle, opposite field, into the bullpen, boom, perfect. You know, Potter's off to a great start, and they end up never looking back today. But middle, middle, and just totally drives it to that opposite field. Now, was that is that a home run at Petco? Probably not. Uh, you know, Arizona in Arizona, obviously, they uh, you know the ball likes to jump off guys' bats. But with that said, still a home run, still power to the opposite field. And look, they're all encouraging. Those are all encouraging sights to see. Uh, another YouTube comment here: Looks like Jake Cronenworth got bigger. I thought he was void at first before I saw his number. Well, I, I won't go that far. Come on, I, I won't go that far. Void's jacked. Cronenworth is not Luke Voigt. Um, and Voigt hits righty, is taller than Cronenworth, and Cronenworth's a lefty. So I think you're stretching a little bit there. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's, I'm sure he's probably gotten a little bit stronger. All right, getting to the Victor Caratini conversation here. Possible trade fits, not trade fits. I went through every single team earlier today. And here's the situation, okay? The situation... We got Jorge Alfaro and Austin Nola. Those two guys, to me, would seem like a fine catching combination. Nola starting and Jorge Alfaro on the bench. Jorge Alfaro brings some offense. Nola brings some defense. And I don't think, with that said, though, I don't think that Caratini, like I mentioned earlier, don't think that Caratini gets dealt in April or before spring training ends. Because I think they want to utilize that 28th man spot to, to have Caratini on the roster and have three catchers on the roster. I think Luis Camposano, I think it's safe to say when you're this close to the regular season starting and he's starting, or he's not, he's not starting, he's catching late in games when the starters are already gone. I think that tells you the story that he's still part of the minor league group, what the Padres at least see him in. Um, and so I think if they're only going to go two catchers, I would think it's Nola and Alfaro, which would leave Caratini on the outside. Uh, I think right now they just want to, they need more offense. And I think they like Nola and they're probably, they probably know more than we do with his health and all that. Maybe they're confident in his health. And I think they like what they've seen so far as well with Alfaro. Uh, if Nola gets hurt and Alfaro obviously already has three home runs this spring so I think they like what they see. Now, if they do, past April, they go with two catchers or they trade Victor Caratini, now with Darvish you know, catch it, uh, being caught by Austin Nola now and getting more comfortable with him, if they trade Caratini, he has to go to somewhere that wants him, obviously. you got to have two sides to tango, as that old phrase is. And so I ran some trades through the baseball trade value simulator, and I'll definitely uh, run those up for you, share my screen for the YouTube audience, and show those trades that I looked up. 
that were approved by baseball trade values. Uh, but let's first go through the teams that aren't fits before we go through the teams that I think are fits that might be interested in Caratini. Caratini's not a starting catcher. I think he's more of a backup catcher. Um, so that's where I think he'd be a fit for teams. Um, but let's get to now the teams I think that wouldn't be fits for Victor Caratini. You got the Toronto Blue Jays. They have Danny Jansen, who's pretty good defensively, and Reese McGuire, a young catcher. They're good there. You got the Baltimore Orioles. Robinson Torinos, he's a veteran catcher. They have their veteran catcher. Don't need Caratini. Then they have Adley Rutschman also coming, and they will clear the way for him. They will definitely clear the way for him. They have their veteran in Torinos to help him when Rutschman comes up, probably this year. So they're good on catchers there. The Tampa Bay Rays have Mike Zunino uh, as their starting catcher. And then they have Francisco Mejia. Mejia, as we've seen with the Padres, he wasn't great uh, defensively, but Zunino's good defensively. They're good there. The Red Sox, they have Christian Vasquez and Kevin Ploiecki. That's a good tandem there, one of the best in the league, I would argue. They're good there. The Yankees, I've seen on Twitter Padre fans saying that the Yankees need catching. Uh, I kind of disagree there. Uh, Kyle Higashioka is great defensively, so they're good there starting-wise. They traded Gary Sanchez to Minnesota, and we'll get to Minnesota as well. Uh, but they have Ben Wortvet there right now. He's also great defensively, so they have two good defensively catchers there. And the Yankees wanted to get better at catcher, uh, you know, the, the whole picture, both of their catchers, they wanted to be better defensively, and they got better defensively in the offseason in that trade with the Twins. Um, so they're good there. Cleveland has Austin Hedges, obviously. We know he's great defensively there. They're pretty good there. Kansas City, they have Salvador Perez, and then they have a top prospect as a catcher. I'm blanking on his name right now, but they have a top prospect who's coming up, uh, who I think is going to arrive sometime this season, so it doesn't seem like he'd be a fit there. The Detroit Tigers have Tucker Barnhart. He's won a gold glove before. Seems like they'd be good there. Um, and then Minnesota, they have Gary Sanchez. And then starting, he's not great defensively, but they have a great defensive catcher in Ryan Jeffers behind him. They're comfortable with him because they obviously traded Mitch Garver to Texas, so who's a good defensive catcher. So they're obviously good with Ryan Jeffers behind the plate if Gary Sanchez isn't catching. You move to the White Sox. I, I thought that this might be a fit initially because they have Yasmani Grandal, but then who else after that? But they do have San Diego State, former San Diego State player, uh, I think Zabi Zavala, and he's they're, they're pretty high on him. So I put the White Sox in the list you know, where he's not really a fit. Uh, moving to the Angels, they have Max Stassi. They just signed an extension, and then they have veteran Kurt Suzuki. So they're good there. They have their catch in there. Houston, Martin Maldonado, and then Jason Castro, former ca uh, Padre, former Padre Jason Castro. They're good there. Maldonado's good defensively. Castro's a veteran. They're good there. Oakland has Sean Murphy and then Stephen Voigt. They have their veteran catchers there. No need for Caratini there. Texas, they just acquired Mitch Garver, like I mentioned, and then they have Lou Torino. Seems like they're good there. Uh, Atlanta, Travis Darno, one of the best catchers in the league. And then they have another veteran catcher backing him up in Manny Pena. So it seems like they're good there. The Mets, they have Tomas Nito, who's great defensively behind the plate. And then they have James McCann starting. So they're, they have a good catching tandem there. As for the Nationals, they have two young catchers, so you think that he might be a fit there. But they're, they're high on their two catchers. They acquired Cabert Ruiz in the Max Scherzer deal, so he's going to get a lot of playing time as their catcher. And then they have Riley Adams, who is one of their top prospects. So he's they're pretty good with the Nationals in their two catchers. They're going to give those young catchers playing time. For the Phillies, they have the best catcher in the league, JT Romito. Then they have Garrett Stubbs, who they acquired from the Astros. Seems like they're good there. Doesn't seem like a fit for Caratini. The Brewers, they have... Uh, they have... Omar, uh, yeah, Omar Navarez, and then they have uh, Pedro Severino, another veteran catcher, so they're good there. Cardinals have Yachty. We know about that. They're high on their backup catcher. Uh, they did that last year, and they were fine. 
The Cubs have Wilson Contreras. They have Jan Gomes. Again, Jan Gomes, a veteran catcher. Contreras, if Contreras is traded, maybe Caratini becomes a fit there, but not right now. Pittsburgh, obviously, they're not trying to win, and Caratini has two years left to control, so he doesn't feel, seem like a fit very much there. And even then, they have two veteran catchers, Roberto Perez and Michael Perez. Cincinnati, they just added Andrew Knapp to back up their catcher, so doesn't seem like he'd be a fit there. The Dodgers, obviously, they probably have the best catching combination in baseball when you have Will Smith and then Austin Barnes. They're good there, and it's obviously in the division. Uh, and then San Francisco, obviously, that's in the division. They have Kirk Casale, another veteran catcher, and Joey Bart, one of their top prospects, some, someone who probably they were high, higher on a couple years ago, but they're, high, they're still high on him. And then Colorado, Colorado has Don Nunez and then Elias Diaz. They're good there. So that's pretty much the whole league. So when you really look at it, you can say, oh, let's, go get, let's trade Caratini to this team. But do they really need him as a catcher, as a backup catcher? Now, they're all – I did not name, obviously, all 30 teams. There are a few fits that I laid out that I looked up, and I was like, eh, maybe this might be a chance. Maybe they'd be interested in, at least on their depth chart, you know, looking at roster resource from fan graphs. Hey, looks like he might be a fit there. You have the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they have Tom Murphy. That's my first fit. Tom Murphy, starting catcher, he had seven errors last year. And then they have Luis Torrens as his backup. And as we saw in San Diego, he's not great defensively. He's more of a DH. He DH'd a lot last year. He only caught 35 games last year. So you have the starting catcher made seven errors last year, and then the backup isn't great defensively, and it's more of a DH. That seems like a logical fit for me. So I looked up on baseball trade values. Padres do need an outfielder, and so I'll share my screen for the YouTube audience here and for the podcast audience. I'll definitely expand on this trade that I put up. Baseball trade values, punched it in. Padres need an outfielder. Mariners need might need a backup catcher, veteran defensive catcher. They're trying to make the postseason this year. So Victor Caratini I have going to the Mariners as a possible trade. Uh, his value, $1.9 million. And then the Padres get back Steven Souza Jr. His value is zero, but he's uh, – I think he's on a minor league deal. They just picked him up as a depth option, so I don't think they'd be too mad about uh, you know giving him away. And this trade, as you can see here, the trade was accepted by, by baseball trade values. Um, and so while the numbers say that the Mariners are getting more value here in this deal – Steven Souza, in his best year, here are his stats. In his best year, I know this was with the Rays, and I know this was a while back now, you know, in 2017, but teams, whether that's the team or whether that's some injuries, he hasn't played a full season since then. The last full season that he did play, he hit 30 home runs. And so that's definitely power potential. And sometimes the Padres you know, have five outfielders on their roster. And so why not? You know, I don't think this is a deal that you make again right now or in April. I think this is a deal that could be made when rosters have to shrink where the Mariners, you know, things are going well. They're, they're stacked in the outfield, by the way, Julio Rodriguez, Taylor Trammell, Mitch Hanniger, Jared Kalenic. I haven't even uh, named Jesse Winker, the all-star that they just acquired from the Reds. I think last week. So they're stacked there. And so it doesn't look like they have a need for Steven Souza Jr. And the Padres don't have depth in the outfield. And if Steven Souza can stay healthy, I'd rather have him over someone like Trace Thompson, who right now seems like would be the fifth outfielder. Um, so I think this is something that could happen. Um, you know, let me know in the comments if you agree, if, you know, this is maybe something that at least is somewhat logical. I think it is. Uh, but yeah, just looking at Sousa's stats, I mean, he's not going to hit for average, but what's new in today's game and age? Uh, let's see, day and age. Uh, last year, he played 17 games for the Dodgers. But look, the Dodgers were stacked last year. You know, don't look at these numbers. It's a small sample size. This is like a spring training sample size. So the last full season he played was 30 home runs. 
Um, and so it's kind of a low risk there. Maybe if, you know, in, in order to even out kind of this value here, maybe the Mariners throw in another prospect or like a left-handed reliever. Um, but that would be my first deal um, with the Mariners that I would, at least as a trade fit, I think Victor Caratini's a trade fit uh, for the Mariners. Moving on to the next team is the Miami Marlins. They have Jacob Stallings as their starter, and he's a good starter. Uh, got him from the Pirates this year. But the backup is Peyton Henry, and based on his scouting report that I looked up today, uh, he's more of a power bat on base skills or his best traits. Uh, but he was hitting ninth today for the Marlins in their spring training game. And so it doesn't seem like Peyton Henry's defense is like one of his top skills. So if the Marlins want defense when Stallings out, Caratini would be a fit. Uh, so I think that's a logical fit. I didn't have time to look up on baseball trade values, uh, trade for the Marlins there. Uh, but I think that could be another fit. The next team that I did get to look up uh, as my final fit, and this is in the division, but it's the Arizona Diamondbacks for Victor Caratini. The Diamondbacks right now, they have Carson Kelly starting, uh, but their backup is a guy named Jose Herrera. He has not debuted in the major leagues yet, and from what I looked up this morning, he is not uh, a top 10 prospect in the Diamondbacks farm system. So maybe they're high on him, but he's not a top 10 prospect, hasn't made his debut yet. He's on like the depth chart that I looked up, but you would think that the Diamondbacks would be more confident in Caratini catching behind the plate than Herrera. But I think I get that this is unlikely to happen probably because it's into the division. Uh, the Padres probably don't want to give Caratini to a division rival where he can just tell everything to them about what's going on with the Padres and he going, you know, when they face you Darvish, he knows everything. They probably wouldn't want to do that. Uh, but in terms of a fit, in terms of the Diamondbacks maybe needing a backup catcher, I could see that as a fit. Uh, as for the baseball trade values trade that I looked up today and, you know, kind of tried to plug in. Uh, not that one. Here it is. I have the Padres getting David Peralta, the left fielder, and then the Diamondbacks getting Victor Caratini. And then you throw in the prospect Liberato, the outfielder, who's been playing in some spring training games. This trade was also accepted, as you can see here in the upper right corner, uh, by baseball trade values. David Peralta, he, he was in, he, right now he's a negative $2.5 million value. That's what uh, baseball trade values is saying. And he's making, I think, $7.3 million in the luxury tax this year uh, with that contract that he has. And the Padres have about $8.1 million of room in the uh, luxury tax until they get to that $230 million number. So the Padres probably wouldn't want to make that move in terms of money because that would put them really close to um, that would put them really close to the $230 that $230 million number. But you're taking the $2 million that $2 million that Caratini's making and then putting that towards Peralta. So when you really think about it, it's only $5 million, a little over $5 million that's going towards the luxury tax. So they would that would give them a little bit more room to spend, give them like probably 2 or $3 million of room before they get to that $230 million luxury tax number. Uh, so this is a trade. I have the Padres getting $4 million from the Diamondbacks because they are a little capped in terms of money. Uh, but baseball trade value says this is definitely a fair trade proposal. Again, the Caratini would be probably a better option for the Diamondbacks than Jose Herrera. And right now, the uh, Padres, they obviously need an outfielder. They need a left fielder. And David Peralta can be that left fielder. He can definitely be that left fielder. And when you look up David Peralta's stats, last year, obviously, it was not great. He was not great last year. One-win player, 
Still better than Profar, but he was a one-win player, only eight home runs. Um, in spring training, he's hitting 364, but it's spring training. He has two home runs already in spring training. Uh, he's projected to hit 11 home runs, so that's about where Profar is projected. He is 34, but when you look at his track record, he hit 30 home runs in 2018, 12 home runs in 2019, and then it's gone down from there. Obviously, they had COVID for 2020, the COVID-shortened COVID season, so you can't really take too much into that. But he has shown the power before, kind of like Steven Souza. So maybe that's uh, an option. I think the Diamondbacks wouldn't want to trade him in division until they're out of it this year. Uh, so maybe that's a trade that could happen later down the line. But I'm just trying to think of, again, in the chat, if you have any trade fits for Caratini, let me know any uh, possible trades that you could think of. Those are the teams, I think, Mariners, Marlins, Diamondbacks, that, you know, in terms of not looking at that it's in their division or anything like that, especially with the Diamondbacks, just looking at their catcher situation, I think that those are three pretty good fits that would want, that would maybe want a uh, backup catcher. Erie Fangeek says here on YouTube, Caratini is cheap and is a switch hitter, good backup that will hit a clutch home run here and there. Never meant to play the amount of games he did. Trade Camposano. I think Camposano's the most likeliest to get dealt of these guys. Um, but with that said, maybe the Padres, though, you know, if you're playing devil's advocate, Maybe they don't want to give up on Camposano and they don't want to give him up unless it's like a really big impact left fielder that they could get. Um, and Caratini, maybe they trade him for a smaller move, like a, a reliever or a smaller, lower-risk outfielder, something like that. Um, I get that he's cheap. I get that he's, uh, you know, Darvish's personal catcher and used to be. Jason brings that up. Ben, didn't you, Darvish, demand that Caratini be included in any trade from the Cubs? Would he be okay with losing his personal caddy? I understand that point, and I understand where people are coming from with that. But at the same time, you, Darvish, is in the big leagues. You know, does he not know that Caratini could get hurt at some point and then he's going to have to pitch to someone else? You know, he looked good with Nola today. I don't really understand. I get the familiarity, the familiarity, and all that, but at the same time, the Padres want to win right now. And if Caratini's not producing offensively, and someone else is better, I think they need to go with that. Especially if that guy's not like absolute trash behind the plate. So I think Darvish, in that sense, I think he'd be okay. At the end of the day, he'll get over it because it's a move that the Padres are trying to make to, you know, increase their chances of winning. That's what any deal would do because they're trying to win right now. Mike brings up a little bit of a trade proposal here. Caratini to the Rangers to back up Mitch Garver for Brad Miller. That's interesting. That's an interesting move. Uh, Brad Miller... I can look up his stats for you here. Brad Miller was a .4 war player last year. He hit 20 home runs. He wasn't even like a, a the main starter for the Phillies last year. Uh, he's projected he's projected to hit 20 home runs this year. But let's look up the Rangers depth chart. So I like what you're thinking there. I like what you're thinking there, Mike. I really do. But the Rangers, you know, they, they acquire Corey Seager, Marcus Semien, John Gray, Cole Calhoun. You know, they have Martin Perez, Colby Allard, uh, Dane Dunning. Obviously, they get Mitch Garver. What that shows to me is that they're trying to win. They're going to at least try for it, you know, right out of the gate. So I don't see that move happening unless they're out of it by the trade deadline or something like that. And I'll look up Brad Miller's contract. See what he's making. 
So it's $5 million a year, so that would fit for the Padres. Um, but it's just something weird. It's just something inside me that's telling me that he just signed a contract there. Why would they then trade him? You know, so maybe it's a trade trade deadline type thing. But I like your thinking there. You know, he had 20 home runs last year, projected for 20 home runs this year. I I would definitely like that. I think he's a left-handed hitter. So yeah, I, I would definitely be open to that. Yeah, that, I I like that idea. But in terms of the pirate situation, or not pirates, excuse me, the ranger situation, um, I think they really like where they're at with Mitch Garver. And they have Trevino behind the plate, so I think they like him as well. And I don't see them immediately trading Brad Miller when they just signed him to a deal. Uh, Roan West comments, Ideally, wouldn't the Padres want a right fielder and move Myers to left? Um, a right fielder is possible, but I think I, I think they're fine with Myers and right. I think... All of us right now, we're thinking left field just because Myers isn't right and Grisham's in center. And we have Profar in left field. You look at the three guys and pretty much just eyeballing it, you think the guy that or the place they need to upgrade the most is left field because Myers is under contract for one more year. I think people are just okay, just play it out and we'll see where it is. You have Grisham obviously in center, that's firm. And you think. Mazzara isn't great defensively, so I think some probably think, okay, Myers, if Mazzara is playing left, that's better than him playing right. So that would be my thinking with them not moving Myers to left, but I think a right fielder is a possibility. But usually right fielders can play some left as, as well, same vice versa. So maybe, maybe a right fielder is what they do. But again, I, I think, as I've said on previous episodes, I think they stay with the outfield crop that they have right now. It, it seems like they're just accepting that right now, that they just can't find a deal that they like. Jason says, Caratini caught, uh, caught, I can't talk tonight. Caratini caught Joe Musgrove's no-hitter. I think he's the best defensive catcher on the team. I wouldn't be quick to deal him. Was the Caratini no-hitter a great moment? Of course or the Musgrove no-hitter and Caratini catching it, was it a great moment? Of course it was. And we'll remember it forever, and Caratini, that's what I'll remember Caratini for. I won't remember him as much for the Reds' home run that game, the walk-off on reopening day last year, as much as I will for the no-hitter. And him being nicknamed the scientist and all that after that. That's what I'll remember him for. Um, And I agree with you. You say that he's the best defensive catcher on the team, he, I, th- I think he is as well, um, but his defensive war last year, I think, was like .2, something like .2 or .5. I said it on the last episode, I think. And so that's not, when you really look at it, it's not like, oh my God, this guy's like, you know, amazing back there. He, he's a good catcher. He commands the, the, uh, the pitcher staff. But... I'm trying to look up here Austin Nola's defensive war. His defensive war last year was .2. And it's been zero essentially the rest of his career. Um, So it's not like it's that huge of a gap between Nola and then uh, Caratini. I get Alfaro's a little bit more of a bigger gap. But at the same time, I think they... When it's that small of a gap, it's not like Gary Sanchez big. I think, to be honest, they're going to go with the better offensive, the guy that's producing the most. So I, I, I'm not quick to deal him either, to be quite honest, and I agree with you, Jason, with that. I wouldn't be quick to deal him, and I, I don't, I'll repeat this again. I don't think that he's dealt by opening day. I don't think he's dealt in April. I think that's what the 28-man roster is for. Um, part of that. I think they're going to use that to their benefit just to see if guys get hurt. Nola hasn't stayed healthy, didn't stay healthy last year. So I think that they'll use that to their advantage. I'm not quick to deal them either. But if there's an p- opportunity that presents itself and Caratini uh, is brought up in a trade and they can get back an outfielder, can get back a reliever, 
or something that Preller thinks will make this team better right now, I think they should really think about doing it. Jason says, I agree with everything you're saying, Ben. I just don't want you to be pissed off. You already isn't himself without the spider attack. Well, have you seen how he's looked in spring training, Jason? He's looked really, really good. Um, so I think he's adjusted without the spider attack, to be honest. So I'll disagree on that point. And I don't think he'd be pissed off that much. I, I think he'd be you know, disappointed at the beginning, but I think he'd get over it because it's the big leagues. Um, you know, it's not Caratini has a, a different contract than Darvish does. Uh, making different money and one could get hurt and doesn't have the other. That's just the way it is. And I think you will recognize if Caratini is dealt at some point that AJ in the front office made this move because they think this will make them a better us a better team and it will increase the Padres' chances of winning. I think that's why they would do it. So I think you would understand. Eerie uh, comments, I hope Jorge Alfaro gets in left field. If we don't acquire another outfielder and just pray he doesn't get errors, um, I don't think they're going to play him in left field. I think it's going to be Profar and Mazzara at this point. Bob Melvin has said that they don't – they're not envisioning Alfaro in left field. They envision him as a catcher. And right now, I would think that Alfaro is the backup catcher to Austin Nola, and Caratini's the third string going into April, April 7th. Um, so I don't think Alfaro is in left. He hasn't played any left this spring. He played some left last season, but it seems like the Padres are going in with the thought process that, hey, this guy's going to be a catcher. And so you can hope all you want, uh, but... I'd still rather have Profar defensively in left over Alfaro, but that's just me. Obviously, Alfaro is a better out, uh, better uh, hitter. Excuse me, that's what I meant to say. But I, I understand where you're coming from offensively. But I'm, I just want to play realistic. Uh, you know, be real and be realistic in terms of what I'm hearing. And Alfaro doesn't seem like an outfield target right now for the Padres, so I don't see that as a possibility. Jason says in reply to that whole Darvish being pissed off thing, I understand we all want the Padres to win. With four catchers on the roster, a difficult decision is coming. A couple, I think. I think ultimately they'll have two catchers when these 28-man rosters are done. I think the Camposano decision isn't going to be very difficult. I think they'll just put him down in AAA. Has, you know, needs to work on his defensive stuff and just have him down there in case more injuries happen. Obviously, you hope that they don't. Uh, but they have their DH. You know, Camisano was a possibility before the Luke Voigt deal. They have their DH. They have a Jorge Alfaro who's good offensively just like Camposano is, and he's better defensively than Camposano is. So I don't think that's really that much of a, a, a difficult decision. But I agree that there's a difficult decision if they end up going with two catchers at the end of April or if they go with two catchers on April 7th. I doubt that they do that, but we'll see. Erie says, we had four catchers on the roster last year. Alfaro is just Webster Rivas. It reverses replacement. Uh, when did we have four catchers on the roster? During the season? I don't really remember we have four catchers. We had Nola, but Nola was hurt a lot of the year. Caratini, Rivas, when Nola was hurt. Was you mean at the beginning of the year when we had Camposano? No, but then Nola was hurt then when Camposano was struggling at the beginning of the year before they sent him down. So I don't think Alfaro's Webster I think Alfaro's better than Webster Rivas. That's why they acquired him. So yeah, I don't really agree with that one, but alright. Um all right, so a lot covered in this episode, episode 136, Talking Fires Podcast and YouTube show, sponsored by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs, gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu available in Point Loma, Sports Arena, and the Petco Park, April 14th, opening day, home opener, opening day, April 7th, home opener, April 14th, 
at Petco Park against Matt Olson and the Atlanta Braves. Before we get out of here, JKS, joining late, did you talk about the recent reports about the Padres' interest in Wilson Contreras? Is this related to the Victor Caratini rumor? Uh, I don't think... I don't think that the Cubs would just swap Caratini and Contreras. I think there's been reports of the Padres' interest, but I think it's also just been floated out there by Padres fans on Twitter just because Contreras would be the starting catcher on the team probably, uh, or at least give Austin Nola a lot of competition to be the catcher. But I don't see the Contreras trade happening kind of like – Other teams, like the Brad Miller trade I was talking about earlier with Mike, about the Brad Miller deal, I think teams don't want to make trades right now. They just want to to see if they get off to a hot start and then reevaluate maybe closer to the trade deadline. So I don't see the Wilson Contreras rumor, like, really coming to light. I think especially the Cubs get Marcus Stroman. For them to get him and then they, you know, I know they have Jan Gomes and that's an option, but... They don't have much offense, and Contreras can provide some of that offense. So I think that they they stay with him to start the season at least in that bad division. Uh, so I think they just kind of write it out to start the year, and then they see where it goes. There's a diversity of catcher, Jason says. Nola can DH and play first. Alfaro can DH and play backup left field. If needed, that helps the team. Yeah. Nola can DH, but I don't think that's the Padres' wish. You know, you want Voight there or Alfaro, like you mentioned in that comment, Jason. Uh, But, yeah, versatility is big. I think Alfaro can play first at some point if you need him to. Jake can, Hosmer can, Voight can, Profar can. They have a lot of first basemen that can play at first. Alfaro can play backup left field if needed. Yeah, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. He 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 had some experience doing that last year. And so I think Caratini's only a catcher, and so maybe that hurts him as well. I know he played a little bit of first, uh, first last year, but I, I still I think they'd rather not see him there. Uh, so I think the versatility with Nola and Alfaro, they both can play catcher. Uh, they can both, excuse me, play first as well. Uh, so I don't think Caratini has it really an advantage being able to play first when Nola and Alfaro can as well. Um, so versatility might be another factor that comes into play, more versatility uh, that helps Nola and Alfaro over Caratini. Uh, But this has been fun, episode 136. I'm going to get out of here. Have a good night, everyone. Stay safe. Until next time, let's go Padres. See ya, episode 136. Ben Fadden out.